Hi, and welcome back to the Gotham TV podcast, Zero Year, Episode 2. Uh, this is the unofficial prequel podcast to the upcoming TV show Gotham from Fox TV. Here's where we'll talk about all, all aspects of Gotham and the connected uh, DC universe. I'm Derek, one of your hosts. And hi, I'm John, your other host. And today we're going to explore in the Gotham TV show the casting announcements. And so we're going to have a look at the actors who have been cast so far and the characters that they're going to play. And also in this podcast, we will introduce the new news section of the podcast with announcements on uh, aspects connected to the Gotham TV show, but also other areas of the DC universe. And areas that might interest us and you, I guess. Well, the first story, and it's just further clarification from our podcast last week, at the TCAs, which is the Television Critics Association. Kevin Riley, and he has further described the show, and he has described it as being an operatic soap. So that certainly fits in with the idea of drama that we were talking about last week. He's saying that the show will showcase the the city of Gotham as teetering on the edge. So quite what it's teetering on remains to be seen, but I suspect it will be a descent into criminality and corruption and just a general sort of, you know, you wouldn't walk alone uh, down an alleyway at night uh, on your own. And one of the things really as well that has has come from that is that um, New York has been confirmed as Gotham City. So it's not Dublin and it's certainly not Manchester or Chicago. Um, In this case, it's New York City. Yeah, absolutely. There's a a casting announcement that came out this week which... uh, Asked for extras and uh, based in New York City area that looked like punks and looked like you know bad guys and criminals to stand in the background of episodes. So uh, so we know for a fact it's it's definitely being filmed in New York. So very interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, considering that there's also been an announcement in the last two weeks that the four Marvel TV shows that are filming for Netflix in the next couple of months have have done a deal with New York to film all their episodes in in that location. It's uh, it's kind of becoming the center of the universe for superheroes again, um, like it was with the comic in the 70s I suppose so um, so good on you New York uh, hope we hopefully get over there sometime and uh, get in the background of filming ourselves you know? yeah I mean if you walk down the streets you're going to expect to bump into a superhero or at least someone um, who's been terrorised by one um, so it'll be uh, yeah no good choice um, and well done New York for, for getting all these different shows that uh, relate to the comic books so some of the, some of the news about uh, some of the other shows that are coming up some of the DC Yeah, so in other DC-related news with regards to TV, NBC's Constantine has also started to add um, new cast this week, and they've had three new cast members announced. They are on top of the announcement of Matt Ryan, who will actually play the chain-smoking demon hunter Constantine. Mm, the British demon hunter, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he is. Um, from yeah. the comics, he was a Liverpudlian, a mm-hmm. scouser. Yeah. I suspect they might not go down that route here with Matt Ryan. Yeah, um, pretty unlikely that an American audience would get the scouse accent that easily, I suppose. I think so. We'll see what they did to show Cold, so uh, when she was on TV in America, sent her back home packing. So, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I think um, on the back of Matt Ryan's announcement as Constantine, then we've had Harold Perrineau. He's obviously of lost fame, uh, we, as we remember, and Romeo and Juliet. So, young hearts born free, I believe. Um, I just hope there's not a character called Walt on the show. I hope not. But he will play Angel um, in the show. Then another cast, uh, 
this week was with Lucy Griffiths, and she's from True Blood, um, and she apparently is playing a lady called Liv. Right. Yeah? Will she live? Will she live is the question. Who knows? But if she's not central, then maybe she won't live very long. <laughs> but uh, um, then the third announcement is Charles Halford. And people may remember him, certainly lately, who played the chilling meth producer uh, in True Detectives mm. and he will be playing Chaz who's essentially Constantine's oldest friend and he was kind of turned into a bit of a sidekick in the 2005 movie yeah, uh, and was yeah. played by uh, Shia LaBeouf Sh- um, yeah. he sh- who should not be named at the moment <laughs> for various crazy stuff going on yeah. but um, it sounds like it's returning more to the, the idea from the comic books of him being you know an, a, an actual sidekick a person that's, that's of the same kind of age group as, as Constantine and is not yeah it's not the child running around behind him on his coattails I suppose exactly yeah. so I mean how Ryan and Charles Halford knit together they would be probably the two principal characters leading this new TV show that's only just going to be piloted and just a few things on that is it's being um, written by a guy from The Mentalist Daniel Cerrone with David S. Goyer who have kind of come up with a a, a basic storyline and outline for for the show and the pilot episode will be directed by Neil Marshall mm-hmm. uh, of the Descent fame so I mean there's certainly some strong players there um, Neil Marshall having done film he's also worked on Game of Thrones the and then obviously episodes, David S. Goyer involved with um, Man of Steel and everything from Blade to Batman exactly to, yeah, so that's that sounds really exciting and um, could be quite dark um, it, it sounds really exciting yeah. uh, and maybe it's a, also another play with the possibility that Doctor Strange is coming to the Marvel Universe, you've kind of got two kind of demonic slash magic and supernatural type mm. uh, characters yeah. there yeah. the other big news then relates to the Flash TV show and Grant Gustin who was cast as the Flash uh, we got a first look at his costume and well at least from the the neck up yeah. we we got to see a first look at his costume yeah it's looking pretty cool it's you know a little, slightly darkened down red than than what you what we would have seen in the 90s Flash TV show if anybody's around uh, yeah, for that yeah. but yeah it's looking pretty cool pretty svelte and you know you can see it going at speed but yeah not 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 a huge amount more than that is all we've that's all we've seen so far uh, I know yeah. he's been in Arrow but not as the Flash he's been as the uh, Alter Ego, Alter Ego. Yeah. yeah so I mean again there's connection there between mm-hmm. the, the different shows and as we explored last week I wonder if any of these shows might link in or connect with Gotham mm-hmm. it's difficult to say at this stage but it's it's something that might be a, a working theory uh, but I right. think that's all really from the other TV shows at the moment yeah. kind of the final bit of news is, is a little bit outside of that but something we'll we'll cover here on our on our show definitely is the gaming announcements come out this week um, in oh, the connected yeah. universe um, Rocksteady have announced that they are going to be doing the, the fourth in the Arkham series of games um, they've announced that the Arkham Knight is uh, is the name of it. It's coming out. Rumours suggest the 14th of October, 2014. They've just said 2014. And they put out their announcement trailer just this week, which is about a four-minute trailer. It looks incredible. Check it out on our website. It'll be in the show notes. It's, it's, it's going to be a next-gen version. It's going to be based in PC, Xbox One, and PS4 only. It won't be on the current-gen consoles but yeah it looks incredible yeah it certainly does you had two face in there you had the penguin harley quinn 
Gotham cops being shot at, explosions, a very kind of svelte-looking young Batman looked quite dishy. But the important thing was that it had the Batmobile in it. Mm-hmm. And it looks like, um, in terms of a development on from the gameplay uh, from the other games, that you will be able to play and use the Batmobile yeah. within the course of the game. Yeah, Rocksteady have, have confirmed they've had to rebuild Gotham from the ground up so that they'll be able to have wide enough streets to drive a Batmobile about without, without it looking weird, I suppose. <laughs> the streets in the in the previous games, um, Arkham City and Arkham Asylum and Arkham Orange weren't, weren't really built for any kind of car. Yeah, but, but I, I think as well that they are looking to maintain the, the, that free-flowing combat that w- was in the original games the first two or first three, if you also um, count the other uh, I do. game, I do. Uh, the, uh, the non rock steady uh, yeah. game, um, but also as well the investigative modes from the previous games as well mm-hmm. uh, will also be retained. So that this looks really exciting, and I think it might be that we had better start to save a bit of cash because this may very well be our buy-in to the next generation consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Not only is it the cost of a game, but it's going to be the cost of a console yeah. to, to play this Absolutely. this game as well, certainly for, for ourselves. But it certainly looks worth it, I must say. Um, they have just one other piece of the announcement that Rocksteady said. This is uh, They've called this the fitting, fitting finale to the storyline. So this looks also to be the last of the Arkham game, which would be a bit of a shame. But I have a feeling that it will just be the... It'll just be the end of the na- of the games named Arkham, not the end of the games from Rocksteady in the DC Universe. So I'm interested to see what happens. Well, let's hope, because, I mean, they've done a really good job on these games. Absolutely. They've really captured how Gotham, through the Nolan films, but also from the comics, move into that darker place. If anybody can do a great... Superman game after this, or a great Green Lantern game, or a great Green Arrow game. You know, it's it's going to be Rocksteady. So maybe yeah. they'll do a Justice League game. And they really they raised the bar for sort of movie tie-in games. Absolutely. I mean, it wasn't a direct movie tie-in, but it was released at the same time, around the same time. It was kind of part of that canon. It fed it from the Nolan um, sort of verse with regards to. Batman and, and Gotham City, yeah. and they said that a, a movie tie-in game in inverted commas doesn't have to be hopeless. Well, exactly. Yeah, you know, I remember, I remember it can have some the, real substance. Absolutely, I remember the the reaction when it was when it was originally announced, and everybody just thought it was going to be another game. And now they've set the bar so high for themselves that uh, they've spent three years working on Arkham Knight to make it the best possible game on the next generation that they can make. Yeah. Well, I think that's um, that's all for the news section that we have to give to you this week. And so I think it's on to the meat of the, show. the meat and two veg <laughs> of, of the show, which is all about the casting announcements for the show Gotham. And it's really just to say at this stage there have been sort of two principal kind of phases of casting announcements. Very early February you had the casting of Jim Gordon and also of Oswald Cobblepot. And that was followed very closely by a new character, Fish Mooney. Then we have towards the start of March we have the the announcement that Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle were also cast. Mm-hmm. On this we probably should go to the, the first main um, yeah, I think casting I, announcement. Yeah, I think 
to make a bit of sense of it, there's, there's been a lot of casting and a, and a lot of characters that people may know and may not know. So what we're going to do is, is go through them, kind of in a bit more grouped order. So we'll uh, we'll go through the, the police and their connected characters first. Then we'll go through the characters we probably know best. And then we'll go on to the villains and some of their, their traits and some of their setups. So if we begin with the police, our main actor has been cast. Yeah, so we have Ben McKenzie cast as Detective James Gordon, or, you know, as we like to refer to him, Jim Gordon, mm-hmm. or... Maybe as we get to know him even further through the course of this podcast and the show, we we might just be able to call him Jimmy. All right. For me personally, I suppose maybe this is indicative of my age. I kind of know him principally from his work for the OC TV mm-hmm. series as Ryan Atwood in I think that started around 2002 2003 yeah. that's where I know him and that for me that came out of just finishing university and then wanting some consumable TV to kind yeah. of watch and allow myself to sort of relax really so yeah. and Dawson's Creek had, had kind of gone at that yeah. stage so this was a kind of a replacement um, for for myself. I do know that he has been in Southland, which was another relatively long-running TV episode. I think it was 2008 or 2009 to 2013. Um, and the rumours are that it was moved off of its original network because it cost too dark for cable TV. And he, he weathered the storm and that it was moved on to TBS. It's, it's got its fans uh, definitely critically acclaimed. He played a cop in that, and, uh, and now he's going to play the lead police officer in Gotham. Exactly, and I think for for Ben McKenzie, this is you know this is a lead role. It's a really iconic character mm-hmm. within the the Batman canon. It'll be interesting without having his Batman there to to shine the spotlight up into the sky and, and request his help. It'll be interesting to see that dynamic from him. But I mean, th- this is a lead role. I mean, it, the show centers on that origin story of Jim Gordon and his rise through the ranks of the Gotham City PD. So I mean, this is a really important role for the show and totally and it's interesting i mean i know southland was to do with law enforcement and the police at least there's maybe something there where there's some experience within a police show or acting in relation to being a police officer well yeah exactly i mean hopefully it won't be like that (laughs) but you know he's not new to the kind of law enforcement genre with regards to to tv work that he's done previously it's not to say that it will be like sort of southland or a a police procedural but it will be interesting that he's not new to that area and I think he's also not new to the DC universe. Mm-hmm, that's true. Yeah, he's, he has been in the DC universe before. He's he played the part of Bruce Wayne and Batman in, in Batman Year One, the animated movie, which we'll be covering for an upcoming episode. Which is really interesting. You know, it's if he really liked us. You know, I think uh, we saw a tweet from him there a couple of weeks ago, which we'll embed in our in our show notes. Yeah, that um, was uh, that was kind of was, interesting. Just after the announcement, it was a couple of days after he was announced as as Jim. He tweeted a a picture, and it was a a table covered in an array of comic books, single issue comics and also collected comic series and graphic novels we kind of were looking at this picture and we're trying to uh, make out which comics were there and we, we kind of identified four of them so i think we identified gotham central Definitely. two single issues of that gotham two, central two of the arcs, yeah. so that was i think by ed brubaker mm-hmm. and greg Uka. i think we also then saw batman dark victory 
that's what we thought Definitely it was. No um, yeah. And that was Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Mm-hmm. Collectors works. There was Batman Year One. Obviously the classic Frank Miller yeah. and David Mazzuccelli. You think you wouldn't have to read that again knowing all the lines from his uh, uh, Well, his yeah, movie, from his movie. Maybe exactly. not that good. Or... And uh, then Batman Earth One, the Jeff Johns and Gary Frank comic as well. So how much these will be source material for the, for the show, mm. how much they will be, you know, references for the writers in terms of expanding on aspects that look at the younger versions of characters or the origins of characters maybe and also then maybe how Ben McKenzie is going to read these and look for the inspiration or how how to shape his character yeah Yeah. Absolutely, no. It's uh, it's definitely interesting to to see those see those, and it definitely gives us the uh, the pause to realise we have a lot of work to do as well. Um, and hopefully, we'll we'll help you guys through uh, through the next couple of months and give you some insight into these books. And yeah, it's kind of like we've been set homework by mm-hmm. Ben McKenzie to read these books to build our own insights into maybe what this show will will be about. Absolutely. There is also a slight kind of rumour from this that Gary Oldman gave him some advice to to look at this source material. Mm-hmm to go back to the comics in preparation for Jim Gordon. So maybe it's also just taking on a bit of advice from a fellow actor and, oh, yeah. you know... And a fellow Gordon. Yeah. And a fellow Gordon, <laughs> indeed. So Yeah, you definitely don't want to refuse advice from Gary Oldman either. So. Yeah, I mean, um, overall, I'm pretty... I feel kind of pretty happy mm-hmm. with the casting of Ben McKenzie as Jim Gordon. Yeah. I think he, you know, has a familiarity with the DC universe. He's obviously got experience in relatively long-running TV shows previously. He should be a good uh, younger Jim Gordon, which is ultimately what he's going to play. This um, A younger version who's sort of a rookie detective coming into the Force and and how he deals with those interactions within the Force, within Gotham on the streets, investigating crime. Yeah, and it's something that we haven't seen before, as we've we've talked about. You know, there is many different versions of Jim Gordon that we've seen. There's actually also another upcoming Jim Gordon that we're uh, that we don't know much about, which is Jeremy Irons in the new uh, the new Batman Superman film that's coming up. So loads of different takes on him, loads of a lot older takes on him. We've never seen young Jim Gordon uh, apart from you know the occasional the occasional pieces that we see in some of the books that have, that we mentioned, like Year mm-hmm. One and uh, like Earth One. It's a bit a bit of a younger Jim Gordon. Um, Will he have a moustache? Is the crucial question here. <laughs> Will he sport a moustache? Can Ben grow a moustache? I'm sure he can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's really interesting. It's an interesting take. It's a wide open book for for them. You know, why, why, you know, the, the writers can do whatever they want to 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 kind of set this character up. But what we do know is that he is a rookie cop. He has worked in in the police force. He's a young a young cop, but not necessarily first time in the police force. Um, from some of the stories that we've read. Uh, in the comic books, he he has he has worked in previous uh, departments in other cities, and he's moved to to Gotham, so he isn't aware of all the intricacies of Gotham. And that kind of brings us to our to the casting of his partner. So there is someone that's going to give him the guidance and in, in in the ways of Gotham and how to deal with it. And that's that's Harvey Bullock, uh, played by Donald Logue. So um, yeah, he is going to play sort of Jim Gordon's older partner. Mm. I, I would think he's certainly older than than Ben McKenzie yeah. in, in real life. So he kind of takes on a maybe a, a, an older, more world weary kind of cop mm. with a lot of experience. Whether it's going to be kind of a, a mentor slash rookie type uh, relationship, it'll be interesting to to know. Um, will it be mentor? 
and be a good cop or is he a corrupt and a bad cop mm. and it'll be interesting to see that because like Harvey Harvey in the comics uh, is yeah he's not he's not uh, not a bad guy generally he's 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 kind of turned around in a couple of stories where he is where he's kind of the um uh, he's he's the savior uh, of of Jim and the team but generally well known as kind of taking the backhander and and turning a blind eye would be kind of his uh, his his moral standing in in Gotham, you know, he's um, he's a grizzled older cop who's who's seen it all and but has, has started to to take the law into his own hands. Or uh, so we're kind of saying way. he's corrupt to the extent that he kind of wants that easy life. He wants to just increase his take home pay to an extent. Yeah. Maybe you know protect any family that he may have. That almost slightly pas- uh, passive kind of corruptness, in a sense, rather than being a shade darker, where it's corrupt and purposeful and deliberate corruptness to undermine the police to make criminals go free, mm-hmm. maybe even be a plant like in the guise of sort of the departed and right. so on. Yeah. So yeah, it's possible. It, yeah. Who knows what shade of corruption he he may take in, in this show, but certainly from what we know from the films, it would be that, you know, he's wanting an easy life. He's trying to get a step up with additional money. And it's interesting, like I suppose Donald Logue, we know he's been around for many, many years acting, so it was a bit part actor for many years, but then has been on, on some fairly some fairly big and well-known TV shows over the last couple of years. He's currently in Viking uh, on the History Channel, which is their first their first drama, but he's also been on Sons of Anarchy yeah, yeah. Yeah, so for, for a couple of years. And in fact, you know, when, when researching the show, it actually turns out that Donald was the first person connected with the show. He was the first... Uh, first it was it was found out essentially that he was he was interviewing and that the uh, that they they were looking for uh, looking at Donald Logue for a character in the show and everybody automatically assumed he was going to be Jim Gordon which is quite interesting. Yeah, okay, yeah. So given the kind of previous roles that he played, I absolutely see how he fits with Harry Bullock much more so, more much more so than yeah. the, than a young Jim Gordon who's you know. Yeah, within the, the timeline, it yeah. it makes sense to to have. Um, to have him as Harvey Bullock rather than Jim Gordon, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And but what are some of the other members of the the team, the the homicide unit um, that they're in? Um, and one of them is Captain Essen. Mm. Yeah, so Captain Essen is a character we don't know a huge amount about from the comic books, uh, but she's played by uh, Sabrina Gorbera, um, who. Uh, again, not very aware of her work. I'll, I'll be researching over the next couple of months, definitely. Um, but Captain Essen is a, is a character from is apparently a character from one of the books that we're going to be yeah, reading. Yeah, uh, Batman Year One. Yeah. It's kind of this idea of you know what will Captain Essen? What will she be? Mm-hmm. She's described as balancing two worlds of the police and politics, mm-hmm. and having a slight Machiavellian type quality to it. Yeah. In year one, I believe there may be a relationship between her and Jim Gordon. In the comics, yeah. Within the comics. Will this play out in the show? Mm. It'll be interesting to see. Will there be that complexity to their relationship? Or will it be just simply, you know, a captain and a detective and that hierarchical nature? But certainly for, for Captain Essen, she's going to be looking upwards in terms of the politics and around and below with regards to the, the the police sort of complexities and politics within the department as yeah, well. So yeah. it's a, it's a, it's an interesting um, 
character, yeah. and it'll be interesting to see how Zabrinia Guevara sort of deals with, with that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's also, what's also interesting about, about there being a relationship between her and Jim. What's, I suppose, more well-known about Jim Gordon has always been his wife has been by his side and stuck by his side over many years uh, throughout Thick and Thin. Um, and that character's also been cast, Barbara Keane, which will eventually become Barbara Gordon or may eventually become Barbara Gordon. Mrs. Uh, Gordon. Yeah, potentially, yes. Possibly. Uh, but if there is if there is a relationship with Captain Essen, who knows? We, that may that may be a change from canon. Yeah. There may not be a Barbara, a Barbara Gordon. Um, Barbara Keane um, will be being played by Erin Richards. Mm-hmm. Um, she's Welsh, I think we That's think. Right. Yeah. Um, and she she's definitely, yeah. She's definitely Welsh. <laughs> um, and she's been involved with um, two UK uh, TV series that we are aware of, and certainly we watched avidly, which Absolutely. was Being Human, uh, and then Misfits was was another one. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see her. I mean, she's again balancing uh, this idea of a, a working lady with being a fiance to the police officer. It'll be interesting. Can Jim leave his job uh, at the front door, or will he bring it in that? That intense aspect to the the police job, yeah. can he focus on his fiancee Barbara Keane, yeah. um, or will it be? And it's, do- it's Doctor Bar- Bar- Barbara Keane as well. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. So she is a, she is a medical doctor. So it's you know it's not like her job doesn't come with that much pressure. And you know the, one of the great things about a TV show as opposed to films or as opposed to even comics and, and there are those kind of projects. And the great things about a TV show is that they can explore quite significantly. You've now got a doctor in the pack. You know you've now got somewhere where they can take their criminals who are who they've shot and they can they can have you know loads more interaction with this character. She doesn't have to be. Like she was in some of the earlier comic books, she was just the housewife who was at home crying when when uh, yeah. when Jim didn't come home at night. There's much more to her character. She's a medical doctor, mm-hmm. but is she in a hospital or is she in an asylum at all? Mm-hmm. Will they bring the character that close to the scum and villainy of, of Gotham? Mm-hmm. Or will she be in the more sanitised hospital or general practice yeah. version? It'll be interesting, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's all we know about the police force. Uh, that's that's the that's the main cast of characters, uh, and they're connected. The connected characters, I suppose, uh, that we're aware of at the moment. Some big kind of announcement this this week um, about the, the where the show's going. Um, what we knew from the beginning, back in October when the announcement came, we knew the show was going to be about Jim Gordon and about his rise throughout the police force. What we didn't know up until this week really was how how since there's going to be no Batman, we that's been absolutely confirmed. There will be no Batman. We didn't know until this week who, who Bruce Wayne. What was it going to be a Bruce Wayne? In it? Yeah, were they even going to touch upon any of the the Wayne story, mm-hmm. uh, and in particular? The, the Bruce Wayne story this early on. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see that. And the casting this this week, and also the hint of this casting came a bit earlier with the, the casting of Alfred Pennyworth. But this week we got the casting of a young Bruce Wayne in the form of David Masseuse, who is best known for his work with... Keith Sutherland on the Fox television series Touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that only went for one episode, uh, one series. It was sorry, two, it was two series, two series. Uh, two ah, series okay. Yeah, um, it was a good show, and he he really held his own and didn't talk much in the show. The whole purpose of his character um, was, um, I think, to be um, sort of. He was very quiet, and he had a, sort of an emotional trauma. Yeah, he was. He was afflicted with afflicted with autism. He was. Um, he was also a, a, a victim of an unknown 
uh, issue at the beginning of the show as part of the part of the show itself. So realistically, I know we watched the entire first series of the show, uh, then got lost in the shuffle the following year, unfortunately. But uh, we watched the first entire season of the show, and I think he may have spoken once. Yeah, uh, exactly. Since, you know, um, but maybe that could be a useful aspect to uh, what he brings not that he's quiet and he doesn't speak but that um, emotional vulnerability and the aspect of of being distraught because if we're to understand it correctly then much of what's going to happen in Gotham uh, in this TV show is going to kick off sort of around the time that Bruce's parents Thomas and Martha Wayne Mm -hmm. get murdered in front of him and that provides a really interesting vehicle for this show um, to explore this young boy uh, growing up um, and how he's affected by seeing his parents get killed in front of him and how he responds to that. That will be kind of a huge um, new area that they can explore and open up in terms of character, in terms of story arc, in terms of the, the Batman sort of canon because a lot of it has just been looked at in flashback I think really in, certainly in the films and, yeah. and, and previous animation movies and so on the comics maybe explore um, more some of those origins not necessarily in full or wholly dedicated to them but um, there's certainly never been uh, never been issues that are that are specifically in the in that timeline where they've where it's been only about Bruce um, you know in this week of his life or what's happening when he meets certain characters that that are connected to him in later life there's usually just a flashback a couple of panels a couple of pages so it'll be interesting and you know i think i think the cast casting of alfred as well is is in the same way is is uh, is quite powerful um you know david as i said is was was quite central to was central to touch for two seasons um so he knows how to hold a show i, I you know i was i was doubtful they were going to cast anybody that we'd know in the part mm, of, in the part yeah. of bruce but the fact they have cast someone as someone that has that kind of has has been inv- heavily involved in a TV show. What that means is that they're obviously looking to to potentially concentrate on Bruce a bit more. You know, I thought it was going to be once every three months that he'd appear, but with the casting of Alfred and with the casting of Bruce, you'd expect that they're going to turn up a lot more often. So yeah, on to the casting of Sean Pertwee. Like you've uh, mentioned there, it's um, he has been cast now. It's Sean Pertwee in the role as Alfred Pennyworth. He's a UK actor. Certainly, um, he's known. Not only for his films, but for the fact that his father, John Pertwee, um, is a well-known actor who played the fifth Doctor in Doctor Who. So you could say that the son of Doctor Who is now in Gotham. Um, but he's also, you know, he's so well-known for um, for doing uh, movies like Dark Soldiers. Right now, I believe he's, he's just finished up quite a, a recurring guest role on uh, on Elementary, which is the American version of uh, of our own wonderful Sherlock. And um, yeah, he's, uh, he's apparently quite well-known over uh, in that part, so that's quite interesting. About that's it. really good. Yeah, he's um, also been in Equilibrium, um, and obviously there was um, a previous actor who has played Batman very successfully in Christian Bale. Yeah. Um, and also then one of my favourite horror, space horrors, uh, Event Horizon. So, I mean, certainly Classic. if you haven't followed uh, Sean Pertwee in, in Elementary and you want to kind of get an idea of some of the characters that he's done, the three films that we would recommend are Dog Soldiers, which is a small UK horror movie done by, um, directed by Neil Marshall, mm-hmm. uh, who we've mentioned about already uh, in connection to the Constantine pilot. Yeah. Um, but also then Equilibrium and Event Horizon. Yeah. 
fantastic. Yeah, excellent, excellent choice. Yeah. So as Alfred Pennyworth, again, he's younger, mm-hmm. um, and the description of him has been that he's an ex-marine from the East End of London, um, <laughs> and. This kind of ex-military past of Alfred is not necessarily new. It's certainly been hinted at within um, the Nolan films, yeah. um, certainly in relation to The Dark Knight and this discussion between him and uh, Bruce Wayne about going after that ruby, that jewel thief uh, in Burma in the jungle. Yeah. So this idea that he does have a military past and military training it, it is something that has been hinted at and has been there in the background to the the previous Batman films and and animations and and comics as well. And maybe this will come more to um, the the fore as a younger uh, version of of the character. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think think it's it's a really interesting decision to do do it this way, you know. There's not that many people you'd feel sorry for who have a butler, you know. It's it's quite interesting, you know, that that they've cast, uh, they've cast Sean Pertwee, They've got they've got him as a young uh, as a young military man. Is it possible that he's going to be more of a bodyguard to the young Bruce Wayne who's just lost his parents? You know, um, is it much more going to be that attitude rather than someone that serves him tea? You know? Well, it's interesting with the comic books that were on the photo tweeted by Ben McKenzie. Um, one of them, Earth One, within Earth One, Alfred is a ex-military, and he's actually hired by the Waynes primarily to, to be their head of security to begin with, and not uh, as a butler. Um, but obviously after the the death of Bruce's parents, he actually takes on the role of this idea of a protector and guardian of Bruce Wayne in terms of looking after him and looking after his estate until he comes of age. And within this role, he presents himself then as this loyal butler to to Bruce. And that's how it's described within Earth One. So that might be an interesting sort of uh, window into how that relationship will initially start and, and, and develop. Absolutely. And as we said, you know, the casting of both of these characters is, you know, in relatively well-known actors does mean, I think, that they're going to be in the show a lot more, that it's not going to be just as centrally focused as we originally heard, that it's not going to be just around, around James Gordon. It's, it's, going to, it's going to be featuring a full cast of characters like the ones we've, we've talked about. There's also a bit more casting this week. Um, yeah, and again, another really interesting bit of casting, um, the casting of the young Selena Kyle, who is, uh, is a young lady called Carmen Bicondover. Uh, yeah, Cameron, Cameron Bickendover. Oh, Cameron, sorry, Cameron, sorry, it's Cameron, Cameron Bickendover. Yeah. Um, um, I did have to look it up. So, yeah. Uh, so she has been cast by um, by the show there as Selena Kyle. Mm, so so another interesting addition to to the characters. Yeah, Selena is uh, is you know a well known character in, uh, in the Batman verse. Uh, becomes Catwoman or is Catwoman, and in two of the two of the five Batman. Uh, Batman movies now, uh, most recently in uh, in played by Anne Hathaway in, in Dark Knight Rises. So looking at Cameron Beckendover, she's you know she's a twelve or thirteen year old um, with mostly dancing uh, is her experience. She's mostly in a dance troupe. Yeah, I mean, I think um, she's part of a dance crew called Eight Flavors. Eight Flavors. Eight Flavors, indeed. And um, she's been described, obviously, as a street thief and a pickpocket. Someone who is orphaned. Part of me kind of immediately thinks that this is almost like a female American version of the Artful Dodger. This Mm. pickpocket who is connected to the underworld 
but has the potential to be redeemed or can see the 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 lighter aspects of the world and not just simply the criminal nature of what they've been almost brought up in and 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 being trained to do yeah. and i think that's a really interesting aspect to this uh, younger version of Selena Kyle to see again how she develops and grows. Absolutely, but I think I, I think definitely there's something that DC have uh, DC Comics have done very well over the the decades that the character's been around. They've very much uh, kept her not evil. They've kept her, you know, doing what she what she does to um, to support herself. It's very much of the you know she'll steal a loaf of bread to feed a, to feed her family kind of thing. Uh, because she comes from a from a, a, a lack of privilege, uh, she comes from from a place of poverty. So yes, she will absolutely steal uh, steal every jewel you have to support her and her, her and her family or her and her group. Another really interesting sort of exploration that this show can do is, is that interaction between um, Selena Kyle and the young Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. The young version of this interaction was so used to seeing. Uh, Bruce Wayne uh, and uh, Catwoman or Selina Kyle that interplay as adults mm-hmm. and it, it's the, the start of this relationship, this really sort of complex relationship that they have. It'll be interesting to see how they deal with that because obviously the common link here is the orphaned. The, Bruce Wayne has just recently been orphaned and Selina Kyle is being um, described as an orphan, a street orphan. And so it'll be interesting to see how this relationship gets going, how it starts and how it develops, certainly between two young teenagers. Will she be an emotional crutch for the the recently bereaved uh, Bruce Wayne to kind of sort of lean on to? Or will she sort of maybe drag him from a darker side or simply say... I'm often too. You need to deal with this and and try and get over it and move on and do something. You know how will that sort of interplay work? And I think the other aspect then is Selena Kyle almost becomes a bit like the mirror, um, or, or the the glass uh, floor. On the one side, it, it's that connection to the 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 good Gotham, and then that other connection downwards to sort of. The bad or the darker elements have got the criminal elements of Gotham City. She be, kind of maybe becomes that kind of connection there between those two worlds well, that absolutely. You know have what? so frequently been sort of described within Gotham City. Like what happens to a child who's who's been orphaned and doesn't have the backing that that Bruce's uh, Bruce has in his life? You know what happens in a, in, a, in a city where everyone's on the take. The politicians are doing everything they can to get money rather than dealing with the social aspects of, of the society. We know we've seen the narrows, and uh, which are the, the the areas where the where the poverty stricken residents of Gotham live. Uh, I presume that 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 uh, Selina is going to be our kind of be kind of our, our window into that world of of Gotham, yeah. and that kind of dark side of Gotham. Will she be institutionalized? Will she be in an orphanage? Will is she? like adopted or fostered type she of thing any, any. you know i mean what how how does this young teenage girl um survive in the world is she connected with um foster parents or an institution an orphanage or is she connected actually maybe to a darker type of fagan persons such as maybe the the penguin i think um that would be really interesting to see yeah. 
Um, I think one thing though that you have to say with this casting is that um, one, when we were looking and, and researching um, Carmen Bicondova, um it was we came across this uh, YouTube video on the seventh of February of her dancing to "Happy" by Pharrell Williams, and and from it, it gave the impression that she had been told exactly that she had landed and got the part yeah. of the young Selena Kyle yeah, because she's a, young, she's a young you know 12 13 year old yeah. it's a very cheeky video if, uh, if she didn't know didn't know that day that she just gotten the part I'd be absolutely shocked yeah uh, we, we'll stick it in the stick it in the notes so you can have a, yeah. have a look yourself definitely but uh the thing you need to check on is the type of um hat that she's wearing but all I mean headgear, it's yeah. all about the headgear like fur juice to her it, it's really quite quite sweet really that she's that excited or comes across as being that excited from landing the role if that is indeed what what it is but you just get that feeling where when you see it um certainly with how close this is to the announcement two two, three weeks before the announcement that's yeah i think she i think she knew (laughs) and great dancer too so quite interesting you know to have a dancer in the part of uh of of the cat you know it's uh yeah it's quite interesting well it allows agility and, and, and that type of dexterity to come in and, and be played right from the start. It's really interesting. And I think kind of moving on then now to sort of the the kind of other interesting announcement um, here is... This is this is one that's, that yeah. we're kind of unsure about the announcement. So we've, we've seen it. It's, it, it, is, uh, it is marked there, but uh, but the character Betty Kane has been has been cast, played by Sarah Paxton. So Betty Kane is, is kind of a well-known character from, from the comic books. She was originally created as a love interest for Robin, worked with Batwoman, and at the time when she was created in the early 60s, she was Batgirl, who, you know, became quite a, you know, a, a regular staple that you'd see over the years. Wow, um, okay, yeah. so are we potentially saying here that Batgirl already exists? Can't imagine it, really can't imagine it. How would you have Batgirl without having a Batman in the universe? Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you completely you completely mess with the idea that, that of, of Bruce Wayne growing up to become this... Uh, thing that strikes fears into the hearts what did he what did he do wake up and go i like what that girl's wearing i'm gonna put it on and, and, and do a much stronger version of it as a bloke you know? yeah i i, I think it's yeah. almost impossible that they're gonna be running with a Batgirl type character mm-hmm. uh, in in this show it would really interfere i think with the whole batman canon yeah i think that maybe i believe that she was also a, another character earlier on which i think you have yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah a, bit, a bit later, but about twenty-five, thirty years after the character was originally created as a, as Robin's love interest, she um she went out and uh, and, and got herself to uh, an Olympic acrobat and gymnastics level, which you can just do in comic books. Wow. Um, you know, and called herself Flamebird. That was her new her new character. Completely rebranded herself because obviously after thirty years, Robin wasn't paying any attention to her. Um, so she had to had to uh, rebrand herself as Flamebird, which I think is pretty cool. So if they are going to turn Betty Kane in, into a, a gymnast, a, a gymnast or a, or a, a, an acrobatic character in the show, and they're going to they're going to create they're going to turn her into a, 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 I suppose a costumed hero, it's absolutely much more likely that it's going to be Flamebird rather than uh, rather than Batgirl. I think. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it would make no sense to to bring in a Batgirl, and I think the idea that maybe another character such as then Flamebird would be much more appealing. Maybe they'll even drop the Olympic gymnast element to it as well. The Olympics um, are really popular though. But wide, yeah, but why not? It's aspirational. I mean, yeah, I'd love to go away and become an Olympic 
gymnast. It would be. I, nice. I, won- I wonder if they'll uh, if if they'll avoid using these kind of these kind of names for the characters. Um, you know, I, I'd be pretty doubtful again that Flamebird. I do love the name, but I'd, I'd pretty doubtful that that would also be a name they'd use yeah. in the show. But they may use the kind of costume or the the central backstory for it. Definitely. Um, yeah, I suppose so. That's kind of the the most recent casting that we've heard. Yeah. Um. There's there's been another kind of section of the show that's also been cast, which is all, all kind of rounding out the show. Um. The, some of the villains have been cast. Yeah, and it's it's the villain, it's the villainy, and the villains that have been cast mm-hmm. to sort of inhabit those roles. And I suppose the big name really here is Jada Pinkett Smith, mother to Jaden. Wife to Will Smith, being in films like Collateral, Matrix Revolutions. You know she's voiced Gloria in Madagascar. And here we have her cast now as playing a a new character created specifically for the show, uh, and that character is called Fish Mooney. Mm-hmm. And I mean that too. I think is really important that within this show there is ne- there is not just simply referencing and getting. Uh, characters from the source material, but also they're making new characters for the canon and and introducing them into the 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 Gotham universe and the Batman universe, yeah. um, and and that's really interesting. And it's hats off and fur dues really, I think, to to DC to to allow that to happen because I think it just it allows a, a more creative aspect to the show Absolutely. that fills and inputs into the DC comics. Yeah, okay, you know as we as we mentioned before it's not it's not just that it's not just this is a new show it, it's that this is a show about a subject that's never really been focused on before there were the Gotham Central comics which again we'll will most likely cover in a, in a future episode um, but this has not been covered in this way we've never gone back and seen what how Jim Gordon grew up we've never gone back and seen how Bruce Wayne grew up, and we've never gone to see how how our cast of villains came to be. You know, it's it's another one of the one of the central aspects that they've that they've spoken about is how how some of the some of the bad guys that we know um, are going to be are going to start out as young and and get into those situations that turn them into the bad guys that we know in, in future episodes. Exactly, and I mean the things we can confirm about this new creation and character is that firstly she is a villain. Mm. And as any good villain should be, she is a sadistic villain and a sadistic gangster, uh, a mob boss. Um, she's supposedly, um, she's been described then as street smart and she can read people's characters and in a sense almost know um, other people better than they may know themselves mm. and what their intentions are. Um, and that her sort of empire is centred on this nightclub and... As a front, she's the owner of the the nightclub, mm-hmm. and one of the questions I kind of start to think is: Is this the Iceberg Lounge, or you know, is the name of it going to be um, the precursor to the Iceberg Lounge? Um, that that's really um, interesting because she is also um, Cobblepot's boss as well. Yeah. So the Iceberg Lounge, obviously, being uh, in, the, in the comic books, being the uh, the kind of home base of of the Penguin. Yeah. Um, and they've cast. They've cast Oswald Cobblepot, who uh, who you might know better as the Penguin from the comic books and from the movies, and from the games. Um, which is interesting, you know. This, this it's Robin Lord Taylor has been cast yeah. as, as Oswald Cobblepot, who's um, a young young twenties, uh, twenty three, twenty four, I think. He is sort of low level. He's not reached what we kind of know about him from Absolutely. sort of 
movies and, and animations. He's relatively low level. He's the sort of go-to kind of psychopath, I suppose, maybe. he He's not even Fish Mooney's second in command. I mean, just to say that has been um, cast as well. Uh, um, uh, second in command will be someone known as Butch Gilzean, and that is um, going to be played by Drew Powell. But I think, in... yeah, the, just the only thing we know about that character was only cast two days ago. So he's deceptively clever and ambitious. Is is kind of all they've given us about him. So Oswald Cobblepot is not even second in command. He's not even that close to sort of that top level on the the power run for for the criminal underworld. And apparently he behind sort of a relative polite demeanor he's gonna he hides this lust for sort of reaching the top uh, and the power that that will will bring him and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out with again this ability that fish mooney has been described as having that is you know she can read people like a like a book mm-hmm. you know can he hide it from her does that create a tension between him as cobblepot and then his boss fish mooney that will be interesting. You know, will Fish Mooney ultimately, will the story go that she is supplanted by him? Mm-hmm. Is this the person he supplants to become, you know, a a, a, a crime lord, a crime boss uh, within Absolutely. within Gotham? Because as um, I say, you know, penguins do eat fish. So you know. Exactly. So one of the, again, the interesting things is that not only do they eat fish, but there is this gangster element to it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, which again is drawing heavily from what Nolan brought to a huge amount of people with the Falcones and how Cobblepots and also as he becomes the Penguin, how his character within the DC Universe has changed. Mm -hmm. I think as you were saying, from being sort of a a flamboyant type criminal to more of a criminal boss with with a group of people at his beck and call and criminals for hire. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's very interesting, and that's you know that the other side of the coin is, I, I suppose, in the in the Gotham universe, seeing uh, seeing how the villains all interplay together, you know. And now that again, we have three quite central pieces of casting there for the for the criminals, you know, and it's quite interesting that we that we have this much already, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I believe filming is going to hopefully start in in March. Certainly, there will be more casting news um, being a, a, announced. Maybe some more key players or reoccurring players. I mean, certainly with the criminals, you could start to look at a whole host of different Absolutely. types or of the the villainy and that we know so well from Gotham and, and for which Gotham is almost infamous for. You could look at the Riddler. You could have a young girl who likes to do gardening and uh, or has an environmental concern yeah, or something and um, yeah. you know there's there's a whole host of different uh, villains that they can start to explore their origins to and i think that this casting is really looking like it's taking shape nicely they've cast you know a lot of the main players from the police force they've introduced us to the fact that there is a wayne manor sort of element to that mm-hmm. uh, with alfred and a young bruce wayne being cast and they've also now rounded off more fully the principal villains that are going to be around maybe for the first season yeah and um, or at least initially within the season maybe they'll expand even further who yeah. knows and um, you know, it's very much one of the one of the major points that comes out in in, uh, in the batman universe is that once batman donned the cape and cowl is when some of the villains started to do the same thing so he escalated the violence it doesn't mean those villains weren't around before batman was around you know you absolutely could have an edward enigma as you said 
being the Riddler before putting on the tights and hat and setting all the riddles for for them that he could absolutely have existed. So it's interesting to see what what way they're what way they're going to play it. Yeah, I mean, and I, I I think there's there's a lot within those different groupings as well, and a lot between those different groupings to bring about some early intrigue and so, sort of the character development and and how the the tone of the show will go um, as as the episodes are released. You know, you have this unclear relationship maybe with Captain Essen. Mm-hmm. You have the fiancé in uh, Barbara Keane and Jim Gordon. You have his partner. There's a load, a, a load of sub sort of relationships and interactions as well as police looking and investigating crimes maybe being done by Fish Mooney yeah. and also investigating maybe the the Wayne's death yeah, and murder exactly. yeah. uh, and that interaction then with Alfred and the young Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and now we've got a kick-ass Alfred as well, it's awesome. Yeah, so there's a huge amount of stuff that is now taking place and starting to take shape within within this show and for me I think it looks really quite exciting um, how, how this can progress when it's released this autumn mm-hmm. and hopefully we'll have a, uh, a release date for Europe pretty soon yeah absolutely on that note I think we've come to the end of uh, our second podcast mm-hmm. we hope you've enjoyed hearing some of the casting announcements that have been made early this year and to date and we'll bring any other casting announcements that we're here within the new section of our up and coming podcasts as as they're released absolutely I'm delighted to discuss it with you guys and uh, you know I hope, hope you've enjoyed hearing our thoughts about the cast and our thoughts about what that could potentially mean for the characters and for the show themselves but as always I'd love to hear from you we'd love to hear uh, hear your feedback on, on some of the cast is there someone else that you, you thought would be a, would make a better Selena Kyle is there somebody else that you thought would make a better bad guy a better villain somebody else that you think should be brought into the show uh, let us know you can email us at gothamtvpodcast at gmail.com yeah, and you can also connect with us on Facebook, Google Plus, Twitter as well. Yeah, yeah, just search Gotham TV Podcast. Yeah, uh, and you can also leave us a message on Skype if you search Gotham TV Podcast. There, it's pretty easy to find us uh, anywhere. Just uh, just use those three little words. Yeah, and of course you can always leave comments on any of the posts on our website, which is GothamTVPodcast.com. So we hope you join us for our third installment of our podcast uh, prequels leading up to the release of this show. As Derek said earlier, we'll be hoping to look at year one and maybe how that will influence this show. But I think for now, we'd like to say thank you for listening and goodbye. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye.